When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates. Alberta Injury Lawyers. The heavy hitters of injury law. everybody yes sad times in oil country oilers eliminated last night game six against the vegas golden knights and now we lament and we analyze we look back and we also look ahead really promising end of the regular season for the Oilers. I mean, regular season as a whole, sixth overall in the NHL, surviving Los Angeles in the first round, but just could not overcome the Vegas Golden Knights. I think a couple of games in this series, I'm going to be left thinking about the fact that the Oilers didn't play their A game, maybe didn't even play their B game for large stretches in games one and three, and then just uh, could not overcome what the Golden Knights were doing. And I think a lot of areas in which the Oilers came up short, which we'll discuss tonight. I know you've had 
with the game ended around 11, about 19 hours to digest it. And, of course, happy to hear from you this evening. Tons of time for calls, texts, emails, tweets, letters, whatever you like. 780-496-0063 is the hotline powered by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed, pro all the way. Email me, inside sports at 630ched.com. And you can send me a DM on Twitter, at Reed Wilkins, R-E-I-D-W-I-L-K-I-N-S. I Woke up this morning to a couple of uh, emails already in my inbox from uh, listeners that I will get to as we move through the evening. And, uh, yeah, I think uh, a lot to digest. I was listening to a lot of Stoff show earlier today. He uh, mentioned that Evander Kane, a broken finger for him. And, of course, we're probably going to find out tomorrow and or Wednesday about perhaps some other injuries to Oilers players. The uh, players are expected to speak, select players anyway, at noon tomorrow, and then I would expect we'll get Woodcroft and Holland on Wednesday. You may have seen the Frank Saravelli report uh, that he believes that Ken Holland will uh, not be the Oilers general manager for much longer, that Steve Steos is going to take over. So usually if Saravelli reports it, there's something to that. So that's another storyline to watch here in the next few weeks for your Edmonton Oilers. Okay, a, a few thoughts from me. I think I, I know this hurts. I, I know sometimes uh, fans are emotional and go to extremes. The Edmonton Oilers are not a terrible team. Uh, they are not uh, a long way away from uh, winning a championship. But you can say that about several other teams in the NHL and they're all trying to get over the hump and try to improve for next year so that's the situation the Oilers were in um, as I mentioned earlier I, I think there were several areas in which Vegas was a little bit better consistently throughout the series uh, I, I don't th I mean it was a two-point differential in the regular season which I know doesn't mean a ton once we get into the playoffs but there wasn't a lot separating these teams but in this series Vegas ultimately did separate and this was no accident um, that they beat the Oilers when you look at the series as a whole a lot of it starts in net Stuart Skinner got pulled three times in this series they always uh, went back to him. I, I know Woody's going to take some criticism for that. I, I, I already have some messages I'm going to get to about Woodcroft's decision to put Campbell in. I said after they, they uh, rallied to beat L.A. in Game 4 of the first round, I would have gone to Campbell in Game 5, though I totally understand why they, they went back to Skinner. As this series wore on, and, you know, it, it, it's, it, it sort of seemed like maybe Skinner wasn't going to be able to, to string back-to-back -back starts together. Yeah, obviously, in hindsight, you can make the argument that it should have been Campbell. The counter-argument is, did you really feel confident about Campbell after the regular season he had? Which was better, his last three or four starts, though he did not play a lot. To, to me, that's one of those... It's, it's tough to criticize the decision. We can talk about it. Um... But what do you do? I, you know, I mean, I remember talking to John Shannon before Game 5 against L.A. when the Oilers came back with Skinner, and I said, do you think it's a good decision? He said, well, ask me again in three hours. Sometimes that's sports. How did it turn out in the end? I don't think Skinner let in terrible goals, but he probably let in some unusual goals or shots that he stopped in the regular season. Um, and then last night, Aiden Hill was spectacular after a terrible start he led in the first two goals of the game and then completely shut the door on Edmonton so the Oilers goaltending 
in the hole in the playoffs was not superior to the other team's goaltending. I mean, I thought Corpusalo did a good job getting L.A. probably at least one win they shouldn't have had. Now, you can argue that, that Jack Campbell got Edmonton one win they shouldn't have had when he came in in relief, so maybe that's a saw-off. But on, on the whole, they, they didn't get Stanley Cup championship caliber goaltending. So, yes, that is one thing, but this was not a goaltending loss. Vegas... Their depth shone through up front. I, I think their their top nine is very good. Their top three lines, uh, the, I guess they do enough banging and crashing and annoying on their fourth line to be sufficient, which I do want to talk about as we go along. And they they play a very, and Stoff has used this word to describe Vegas, they play a very relentless game. They are always around the net. They are, they are always forechecking, and they are always doing what they can to disrupt you defensively. I, I think part of that is the personnel, and I do think they're well, well coached by Bruce Cassidy, who I have to give credit to for especially how they defended McDavid in, uh, at the beginning of the series to try to limit what he could do off the rush. So th- there's another little edge to Vegas. And again, I don't think Woodcroft made bad decisions, but when you're the losing coach, some things are going to get criticized. I know there's talk about Costin's ice time, Bukestad's ice time last night. I would think Costin wasn't entirely healthy given some of the shot blocks he endured in the postseason, and he didn't take yesterday's morning skate. So it, it could have been one of those situations where he was trying to give as much as he could, and he simply couldn't be out there a lot I, I think Vegas was better than Edmonton in that whatever you want to call it the home plate area in front of the net there the slot if I wanted to lose a traditional term uh, they were better at keeping pucks alive tipping pucks uh, keeping uh, get, getting rebounds offensively and they were better in the defensive end at limiting Edmonton's second chance opportunities, Edmonton getting to the net and doing all those things that lead to greasy goals. You look at some of Vegas's goals. Yeah. If you're just watching one game or the highlights, you might think, Oh, that bounced right to the guy. That's a little lucky. Of course that happens in hockey. If it happens over and over again, maybe you're doing something right. You know, if the puck is bouncing to you and, and you're right in front of the net to whap it in, well, you got to be in the front of the net to whap it in. Riley Smith scored goals like that. Marsha Show scored goals like that. And last night, uh, the Oilers defensively in the, in the second period were, were not good. I, I mean, I, I'm... You can watch the highlights. The the Marcheseau goal, he is standing in the crease. I guess that was his second one to tap the puck in. You got three Oilers players faced away from the net and away from the puck. They, they just started losing guys. That's been an Achilles heel for them throughout most of the season. At times, even when they were playing well and Vegas was able to capitalize better than most opponents that the Oilers are going to face because they are a better opponent. So those are the, some of the things that I feel are a difference. There's another thing I want to touch on, and we got to clarify here. I'm talking about the Oilers now becoming a championship team. They should be a team that is in a playoff spot, I would hope, every year for the next few years while McDavid and Dreisaitl are at their peak and you still got Nugent Hopkins and Hyman on the roster and, and other players like that that they should at least be a playoff team. So we're not talking about them trying to end the decade of darkness anymore or or make the playoffs two years in a row or just win a round or whatever. We're talking about them trying to win a Stanley Cup. And I'm going to use a bit of a... A, a, a bit of a saucy word here. So if you're under 18, if you're with anybody who's under 18, I, I want you to, to cover their ears here. And 
but my question to you, and maybe I'll ask you guys this, and this can be something we can talk about tonight as well, 780-496-0063. To win the Stanley Cup, again, not to make the playoffs or win a round, but to win the Stanley Cup, like to get past Vegas and then to get past Seattle or Dallas in the next round or whoever it might be in the years in the future, do the Oilers have enough players who turn into miserable bastards when they put on hockey equipment? I'm going to call this the MB quotient, and I think you know what I mean. Most hockey players, if you meet them in public, they're nice, they're nice guys. They're soft-spoken. They'll, uh, they'll sign an autograph. They'll play around a golf with you. They'll show your son or daughter how to hold a stick properly. They'll answer questions from guys and gals like me. And then when they put on the equipment, they just turn into miserable bastards. This is something we've talked about in the past. I mean, Rob and I talked about it a lot during the regular season before they acquired Ekholm that the Oilers needed more beef, more meat, especially on the back end. And that's part of what I'm saying. And I think Vegas just played a little bit more like MBs throughout the series. You know, they had a little bit more of that, we're getting that puck, we're keeping this alive. We're going to be a little bit nastier. And, and, I, and I do think the Oilers are a nasty team. They, they have some guys who can do that now. In the end, was it quite enough of that? Maybe I'm just talking about grit, and I know some people hate that word, especially analytics people nowadays. But, I mean, there is a human factor in this, and these are all incredibly competitive uh, alpha personalities if you've made the NHL. But even at that level, then there is still separation. And when it came right down to it, and I'm not saying it's sorely lacking, but to get into the Final Four, um, did they have quite enough of that? Because I think Vegas probably had a little bit more of that. And maybe that's a personality of player they might be looking for in the summer, and may, or maybe there are some younger guys they're still going to get out of. Okay, 780-496-0063. Seattle and Dallas, Game 7 is underway. Four and a half minutes into the first period. There's no score. We'll keep you updated on that one. It's Inside Sports on 630. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. All right, good to have you tuning in tonight. 780-496-0063. We'll drop the puck with Fred. Hello, Fred. How's it going? Good. How are you doing? That's what I'm more concerned about. A lot of sad people I've talked to today. Well, I tell you, Reed, uh, I go into hockey depression after the Oilers get bounced out. I even kept the cup in hiding. I thought, I'm not jinxing this until we get to the final round. But, uh, wow, I don't know. They just, Vegas is a good hockey team, and I think their D's a little bit better. Before the playoffs started, I still thought the Oilers were at least one or two pieces away, especially on defense. And uh, where we go from here, I don't know what Ken Holland's going to have up his sleeve. But I want to talk about the possibility of Steve Stales coming in. Sure, go ahead. Uh, now, what about uh, Keith Gretzky? Has he been under consideration at all to become the general manager or not? No, I don't think he would be if Ken decided he's not coming back. Oh, okay. So he I think that's a big reason why... Steos came over before last season probably that you know he was being strongly considered for an even higher role with the team 
Right. So they better, if they want him to be the GM, there's a lot of teams looking for a GM. They better get on it. But uh, the Oilers had a great year, and I know it hurts. It's hurting me today big time. I hate the day after the Oilers got bounced out. But uh, onwards and upwards, I guess. And we're definitely going to have to make a few uh, changes. What was the injury situation? Uh, well, we'll, I think we'll find out more next couple of days, Fred. I mean, Stoff mentioned that Kane, uh, had a broken finger. Okay. And then, I mean, I think Hyman obviously had something. I, I know CeCe had likely a groin injury most of the year. I mean, he had a better year last year. Right. And then we'll, we'll find out if there were some other guys banged up. Thanks, Fred. Appreciate it. Take care. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We also have Don standing by. Hello, Don. Hey, I just wanted to comment, uh, on the Oilers, uh, I thought they had a good year and everything. Uh, it was quite apparent all year, though, that the defense was weak. Yeah, but a lot of it, defensive zone coverage. Uh, I don't just blame just defensemen. The whole defensive zone coverage was very poor. Guys not picking up the right guys all the time, it seems like. And I'd say that's probably the main reason why they lost. Yeah, I think that's fair, and, and I think that's important pointing out. Like, sometimes when a goal is scored, it might be a defenseman who looks like he was victimized but if you watch the whole lead up to the play other things happened uh i think it's i think he's right don's right it's at times it was team defense i, I referenced the one marcia so goal i mean dry, look dry settles an incredible player he didn't have a good game last night and, and he said that himself and a couple of the goals against it was like where is where is leon looking now it happens unfortunately for him it happened in an elimination game but that's fair and, and i think sometimes really over the past couple of years even going back to when Tippett was the coach odd man rushes that's usually not on the defenseman that that's often on a forward who wasn't coming back to fill a lane or pick up a guy so no that's fair comment and here's the thing vegas is good enough to exploit it more than other teams are and, and they were able to do that Okay, if you're on hold, stay there. I'm happy to chat. Uh, got a lot of your written messages to get to as well. The number is 780-496-0063. Dallas on a power play that has now just expired. So almost halfway through the first period, no score between the Tentacles and the Stars in Game 7. Back after the news and weather, Inside Sports on Chet.